I believe, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else, said one of my favorite professors and authors, C.S. Lewis. You see, when God's regenerating grace awakens us from the dead, when it awakens us from our own private fantasies in which we believe and live, we see. We see beauty of glory. We see the awfulness of sin. We see the need of mercy. We, we see the wonder of grace. We see the privilege of suffering. We see the joy of serving. We see the hope of the new heavens and the new earth. When our lives are awakened by God's sovereign grace, we see. And this miracle of sight causes us to see Jesus in a way that we love Him and have joy in Him. And this new sight urges us to be vigilant over our own souls in the war against sin and care for those who do not yet see. By seeing clearly, we're able to do two things. Love God and love others. And so today, today is a a birthday. Today we are celebrating the birthday, a second birthday of Veritas Community Church. And so we rejoice that our little fledgling church is growing and going. We celebrate today because it's a birthday. And you cannot go to a birthday party without a gift. So as I was thinking about this message, thinking about this morning, I wanted to bring to you a gift. Because this is our birthday And I want to extend a gift to you. This gift is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. This gift, if you will receive this gift by faith, and it actually touches your heart, you'll notice a miracle that happens. It happens by actually giving you the gift that then urges you to give this gift to someone else. And then as you give this gift to someone else, and they actually touch it, take it, and receive it, it it begins to do something in their lives and and they begin to see this gift for what it is and desire to give this gift away. And so this gift this morning is to be given at this birthday party in order for us to receive it gladheartedly and then watch what happens in our lives that it will move out and give to those who need this gift. This gift is given to our church because I believe that we are a young church. I believe that we are a tottering, growing church. And there's something that a toddler needs. There's something that a young church needs. And we need to become better at something. And so this message is designed to move in that direction and give you this gift that gives rise to becoming better lovers. Becoming better lovers of God, becoming better lovers of others. 
And so we'll find this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 12. If you will stand, please, at God's precious word as I read for you. I'll put it in the context by reading chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, and then our text that I'll be preaching this morning. Listen now with reverence and awe and joy at the very voice of the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, we see, Seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, chapter 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or, which one of you, if he has a son, asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we want to ask that our eyes will be illumined by your spirit. We pray that our hearts will be supple, pliable in your hands. We pray that our ears will be unstopped. We pray that we will heed your very voice this morning in such a way that you'll be magnified in our love for you and others. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the, uh, the message in a sentence. Tried to work it out so it's succinct. You could write that down or at least think about this, on which I'll be hanging some, some thoughts and observations. Becoming better lovers requires heartfelt involvement in four activities. That's the topic, becoming better lovers. And the development of that, or the theme is, it's going to require heartfelt involvement from all of us. And it's involvement in four activities. Be repentant. Be careful. Be prayerful. And begin. Let's start off in the passage before us. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. 
we saw that Jesus went up to a mountain and he sat down and he was talking to disciples. So those are the people in the congregation. They are disciples of Jesus. And he said these words to them. And he said these 12 verses, so to speak. And then he concludes it in verse 12. He says, therefore, or based on everything I just said. And then he summed up by saying, for this, referring back to everything he said, is the law and the prophets. The next time he says that is in Matthew 22. And Brian led us through that. And the, the summation of the law and the prophets, the summation of the whole Old Testament is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love others as you would want to be loved. That's what he's talking about in here. That's why I said lovers. We are to be lovers And we are to grow as lovers. And so the first activity that will increase our desire and effectiveness as lovers of one another is found in verses 1 through 5. I'm calling this be repentant. That's the activity. He starts off by saying, judge not. So there's a sin in our lives. It's called judgment. Now, one thing that he's not saying, because when you read it, you go on to see that they're discerning. They have eyes to see, and they're discerning something that is hurtful and harmful and hindering in someone's life, and they're going in to try to pick the speck out of their eye. He's not saying, don't discern one another. Have you ever had someone quote this verse to you? Stop judging me. (laughs) Judge not. You to be judged. I think what they're saying is, get your nose out of my business. You have no right to enter into my life. I'm going to do what I'm going to do because it's my life and my life alone. It's not what he's saying, is it? But there is a judgment from which we need to repent. And it's this this critical, mean-spirited, condemning, looking down on a person, at least in our hearts, kind of sin. And so he's prohibiting that kind of activity in our hearts, that activity through our lips, that activity as a lifestyle. Judge not, lest you to be judged. Becoming better lovers requires us to be heartfelt involvement in this kind of repentance. But repentance is not just removing something. You might hear this kind of statement in this passage, and you might think, well, yeah, I... I am judgment, uh, judgmental at, at, at times. Um, out, out on the road, I, I, I begin to look at another person's driving style and say, what the heck is wrong with you at five miles under the speed limit? Can you not, you know, get it moving? Now, likely because we're, you know, believers, we're not going to blurt it out, though at times we do blurt it out, but it's, it's this gurgling and grinding of the heart of like, dang, if you can't drive, just get off the road, because people like me, we know how to drive. Or maybe driving styles, but maybe hairstyles. What is wrong with that lady over there who has orange hair? I mean, artificially orange I mean, it's just, is she showboaty? Does she want attention? Does she want 
to stick out so people will talk about her. What is wrong with her? I don't know. Maybe, maybe she likes orange as a color. I, I don't see it in the Bible where that's too bad. Or maybe you look over and you see this man and you go, he's, he's got to be involved in a gang or something, no skinhead. Yeah. Maybe he's got cancer. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in someone's life when I just glance at them. Judging the book by the cover, you know the proverb. He's saying, do not have that judgmental spirit, mean spirit, that thinks that we know exactly what is happening and thus, as a judge, condemns them to penalties of such. Well, how do you repent out of something like that? Jesus gives us word pictures. All over this passage, which I like very much, and all over the Bible because of this, there's metaphors, there's word pictures all over the place. And so now he's going to be talking about speck and log. He talks about a dog and pig. He talks about a stone and a serpent. And what is he talking about? Verses 3 through 5 now begins to unfold for us what repentance looks like in this particular place. He says regarding the speck and the log, the speck is referring here to a small, sight-hindering, pain-producing kind of sin in someone else's life. it's, It's small in relation to the thing that he's contrasting it with. It's, it's sight-hindering. Remember, when we see something, we know what it is, but, but sometimes there's this hindrances. It's called sin, and we can't see very well, and we want to help people with this. And then he goes into this log idea, and this log is the greater hypocritical, sharply reproving the lighter faults kind of sin. He's looking at his disciples, and he says, you have a log in your own eye. And then he looks at them, and he says, you hypocrites. They're right up next to him, on the mountain, surrounding him, and he says those words. We have to be able to identify a sin in our lives before we can turn from that sin and trust Christ, before we not just remove that sin, but replace that sin with someone, namely Jesus. Hypocrite. What what, what is a hypocrite? This is one who acts very well. This is drama. This is an act, and, and we do this act in public in order to be viewed by others as someone we really are not, at least at that moment. It's pretending. It's doing the right things for the wrong reason. It's showing up at church. It's helping. It's laughing. It's smiling. It's serving. It's in order to be seen by others so that their idea of us is, wow, that person is close to God. I admire that. I applaud that. I speak well of this person to other people. 
And when we're hypocritical, that's what really starts getting our affections. We really want to sense that others are looking at us, not how we really are, but how we really want them to think us to be. So he's looking at his disciples, and he's saying, I want you to be involved in each other's lives, but first you have to take out that log from your eye, and notice the sequence. First, remove the log, then you'll be able to see clearly how to move into someone's life and take a speck out of their eye. Take a a, a lighter sin that is sight-hindering and pain-producing and God-belittling kind of sin. We want to pluck that out. We want to help that person. We have to be involved in the first activity. And that first activity is be repentant. But now how does verse 6 connect to and flow out of verses 1 through 5? Because then he launches right into this other word picture. Here's how I see it. Becoming better lovers requires heartfelt involvement in four activities, the first of which is be repentant. The second one is found in verse 6, and that is be careful. Be careful? Mm -hmm. Yes. He then starts talking about pearls, what are holy, and then dogs and pigs. The first observation here in terms of pearls, you'll see Matthew use that again in chapter 13, right around verse 35, about the kingdom of heaven. It's a a pearl of great price and so forth. These are treasures. These are priceless pieces of gospel and truth and reality. What are we going to do with this bag of pearls? What are we going to do with written revelation? Well, verses 1 through 5 right? I mean, we're, we're going to be repenting, and now we're going to be, be able to see clearly to assist someone in their maturation, in their repentance, in their renewal, so they can see clearly and escape from these types of sins, right? Well, we have precious truths of God's Word, but be careful. Love is delicate. Have you ever watched a mom take a speck out of their little child's eye. It is so delicate and so beautiful. Better? That's ministry right there. But be careful because it's both delicate and dangerous. I think this is what he means here. He then starts talking about dogs and pigs. Now, Lisa and I have two sweet, precious, cuddly little creatures called Abby and Toby. They're wonderful creatures, usually. And there are dogs. Try to pull yourself out of that culture a little bit. That's not what's going on in the first century. These are, these are scavengers. They're wild. They're animals. They don't sleep in your bed. They howl in the night and and go around trying to find scraps. And and they're dangerous. Those are dogs. The Jews would view them as 
unclean. Don't touch them. Don't get around them. The second one are pigs. It's about the same thing, isn't it? And in, in Jewish theology and culture, you just wouldn't get close to them. You wouldn't touch them. So he's, he's talking about sometimes, you know, he's talking to disciples, you're, you're repenting, you're seeing clearly a brother or a sister who is caught in a trespass, and the Bible talks about you are to restore that person, you are to talk with them privately, you are to enter into their lives and, and, and move closer to what would be helpful. Here's the issue. Be careful. Understand timing. Even though you might see things clearly, even though you might be repenting, even though you might have good sight, even though you might understand Scripture in a certain place or in its totality, and you see someone struggling with sin, timing is important. You don't just launch into someone's life and throw out the grenades of God's written revelation and say, I don't care if you receive it or not. Because what happens? What does the Bible say there? They will take something really precious called written revelation and they'll trample on it. He has committed this to your care. You are a steward of these pearls. You're really going to just throw it down and let people trample on it? No, no, don't do that. And then after they do that, what do they do? Now they turn and they look at you. And then it's like, oh, whoa, 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 wait wait a minute. And there's unnecessary suffering, unnecessary persecution out of that. They will tear you to pieces. So this is dangerous stuff here. This is courageous love. I get it. So be careful. Two activities that we see Jesus giving to us as we are toddlers, as we are young and we need to grow in love, becoming better lovers, We're going to be active in repentance and then be careful. Then he shifts into 7 through 11. How how does that connect? Then he goes into these, this seeking and door knocking and serpent and stone and fish and bread and what is all that? This is how I'm seeing the flow here. So as you're coming out of, okay, I'm repenting, I'm seeing clearly, I see a brother or sister in need, and i got to be careful here, and where am I going to get the discernment necessary to see the timing necessary to come into someone's life and to speak the truth in love plainly, beautifully, compellingly, so the Holy Spirit will do His work in that person's life. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open to you. Could it be that one of the reasons of ineffective ministry is we just go horizontal? 7 through 11 is profoundly vertical. This is the heartbeat of the entire passage. Gut 7 through 11 out and then just start quoting the golden rule of verse 12 or pick up these other verses of get going with each other's lives would be disastrous for Veritas. So now it's be 
prayerful. We are utterly dependent upon God for life and breath and all things, particularly in personal ministry, particularly in something so delicate and dangerous as moving into someone's life with gospel reality. So we're to be prayerful, persistent prayer, utterly dependent upon Him, with promises attached to commands that motivate the heart. Do you hear those in there? This isn't just raw command. Ask. Okay, I'll ask. For it will be given. Seek, for you will find. Knock, and it will be open. All, all these promises are all over the place. Allow those promises to pepper your heart in such a way that it gives rise to, I really, really want to participate in this. Then he shifts it, though, doesn't he? And one thing I absolutely love about Veritas, yes, we're a toddler, yes, we're young, but Literally, there's a bunch of toddlers running around here. They fall down and moms and dads come over and pick them up and help them and hold them. And, and I look at this. Lisa and I have four precious adult children. And I know my memory is getting faint and I know it's getting fuzzy, but I can still go back there and look at them and hear them giggle. And that's what he's doing here. Which one of you... Which one of you has a child who would come and say, Papa, may I have a piece of of bread? Would take a stone and put it in a bag and say, Here, open that up. It just sounds awful. Or, Or a little sweet Nora is two. Today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. She's, look at her if you want to look at Veritas. And, and, and watch her look at her parents and say, may, may I have a piece of fish? Does she like fish? She does. And J.J. slips a serpent into a bag and says, here, sweetie, open it up now. That's just insane. Why? Because God has built it in such a way in Crumloff's life that we see glimpses of the Heavenly Father. And then he says, now look at that, and then it's, a, it's an argument from lesser to greater. He says, how much more? We've got to get the octave way up there and out there to see the Heavenly Father to His children who are toddlers. They just turned two today. Do you look at Him like that? Do you talk to Him like that? Abba, Papa, may, may I have... And what will he do? He's not going to trick you. He's going to lavish you. He's not stingy. He's generous. He's not out to make you feel stupid and not wanted and shameful. He loves you. He loves you. And so coming out of 7 through 11, be prayerful. We now can... Start moving into these activities more. Be repentant, 1 through 5. Be, be, be careful, six, 7 through 11. Be, be prayerful. Receive all that God is for you in Jesus. Those are three activities that if I said, here is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God, now we'll sing one last song and we are dismissed. It's close, isn't it? It it wouldn't help you, would it? Because verse 12 says, therefore. Here's the ending of his 
communication to his disciples in this paragraph. Therefore, don't miss the connection. Verses 1 through 11, it's therefore, or change the word and say, because the heavenly Father has your best interest at heart, because your heavenly Father has sent forth the Lord Jesus Christ to shed his blood of the remission of all your sins, to cleanse you of all your evil, and to adopt you as sons and daughters because he loves you like this. Do the golden rule. Do unto others as you wish others would do to you. For, and here's the basis of all of it, this is the law and the prophets. This is love. Becoming better lovers requires heartfelt involvement in activities like repentance, like be careful, like be prayerful, And the last one is begin. Begin. Don't don't hear a lecture. Don't just read a book. Begin. So I'm going to close with begin. I want to close with something that might be helpful for you to begin. So being involved heartfeltly in these activities of repenting and being careful and being prayerful, we need to begin. And here's a way of doing it. Start even today with verses 7 through 11 and all that God is for you in Jesus. What's your devotion life like? I would hate to send you out saying love others without the vertical component to it, right? The order is important. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That vertical peace precedes and gives rise to heartfelt movement towards other people. So spend time. Think about, ponder these passages and see God for who He is. A heavenly Father who gives good gifts to His children. Welcome them, receive them, open-heartedly take in. Next, make a log list. Yeah, write on the top of a piece of paper, my logs, or something like that. And then, and then you can... You can put on there. If you kept going, I know it'd be a lot, at least in, in my life. I'm sure I got planks all over and I can't hardly see. But, but, but you, you list a few that are functioning as God replacements. You know, go to verses 1 through 5 and, and repent of these substitutes. Exchanging the glory of God for, and you put it in there. I, I really want people to admire my blank. I really want to be seen as significant in blank. I, I, I want friends more than the Father. I, I, want, I want to be appreciated. I, I want, I'm fishing for something that I don't get from whom. Keep reading 
7 through 11. Keep studying and staring and gazing upon 7 through 11. He gives, he gives, he gives, he gives. Replace those logs with Jesus Christ. And and notice sight resuming in your life. You'll be able to see more clearly. Next, pray for discernment. We now need to take things that God has given us. Remember, this is a gift as a toddler receives. And now you're going to have this gift and you want to give it to someone else. So pray for discernment. Don't use verse 6 as, I can't reach that person because he's just a dog and a pig. (laughs) Maybe at that certain time, yes. But keep praying and keep looking and then move in enemy territory in a way that is dangerous, but then it's going to be delicate and you move into their lives. And lastly, create a wish list. So if you've got a page, maybe on the, on, on the left column, it's logs. And then the right column, it's wishes. Why do you suppose Jesus used the word wish? It could be translated desire, but wish. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? Where we're taking a, a, um, a self-love and using it as a measure for other love. I want to be treated like this. I wish that others would do this. So you close your eyes and you make this wish in your, in your imagination. When I have a sin issue, when I'm struggling with my thoughts, my desires, and they just are, I'm disoriented. What do you want? Close your eyes. I want someone who knows God to just come in and be able to so kindly, carefully, cogently help me. You open your eyes and you go, that's what that person really needs. See, How does that person get that close to you? Well, they're, they're really kind. They're very Godward. They're soft. They're tender. But, but they're strong and they're, they're sensitive. But they're clear and they're concise and they cut things that need to get out of my life. That's what other people need. You see how that works? So make a wish list and then use that as a measure of other love. This is how I'm going to take it to my spouse, my children, my parents, my members of Veritas, my co-workers, my neighbors. This is what I'm going to do when I go into cohorts in Veritas where there's only two others and I'm sharing my life and I'm getting closer. This is the small gift that I give to you on your birthday as a toddler. Becoming better lovers. We're, we're small, we toddle, We make mistakes, we sin, we're growing. Let us together become better lovers by actively engaged in four activities. As we do this in an ever-increasing way, God gets the glory and others get his grace. Let's pray.